Welcome to the Kinky Conversations podcast, where consent is king, pleasure is queen, and exploration of sexual expression is the name of the game. And now for your host, the delicious Zachary Phillips. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by M, a 30-year-old marketing executive from Germany who's into reading writing and making and listening to music we talk about a variety of different aspects in the kinky and bdsm space primarily focusing on the need for open honest vulnerable true connection and communication we discuss body image eating disorders and unrealistic standards we discuss the impact of a strict religious upbringing We talk about processing conflict appropriately, as well as how M entered and maintained a successful online relationship. We talk about the freedom of submission and asking for what you want and need, both sexually and non-sexually. We talked about degradation kinks, collaring, and the use of words to establish arousal. We go beyond the bedroom into the realization that BDSM is more than just sex, much more. It's about trust, about communication, about understanding, about the self, about the partner, far more than the limited cliches that the general society have. This was an amazing conversation, and I know you're going to get a lot from it. And just a reminder to stay tuned to the end of the episode, and I'll read you a piece from the book, Kink, Volume 1. Now, here's M. So, thank you for coming in. M, we're going to go with M, pseudonym. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you for jumping on board. Uh, as always, I put out, you know, who wants to jump on the podcast and people put their hands up. Um, people put their hands up and like in your situation, you put your hand up, you're like, yes, me. But now there's a little bit of nerve. So, let's just, uh, let's break that nerve nervousness down. Um, tell me about yourself. What... What um, are you into in this space? What's let's just uh, start quite broad. Where where do you where do you see yourself in the whole the, the whole kink kink space, and what sort of drew you to um, potentially wanting to to sh- you know have this conversation? I was, it was interesting for me because this journey started a while ago um, in a very unhealthy place. I think <laughs> with the wrong people because I didn't know I didn't know anything, so I didn't know what I was looking for or what were potential red flags. And then I kind of ended up, I don't know, getting um, pulled into a not-so-great relationship that I'm sure I'll talk about a bit more. And, um, yeah, about, I don't know, I want to say a year ago, I was like, okay, I need to in, I need to educate myself more. And so I started doing that, and I started exploring, and I started coming across people. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to be like these people. <laughs> um, they don't, don't know don't what they're doing. <laughs> I, this is what, who I don't want to be. <laughs> um, hey, honest, honest to God, that is some of the best ways of, of um, starting out at least. Like for those that follow my other stuff, like my father was not a, not a great person. And it's like, well, I don't know how to be a father, but I know what I don't want to do. And it's like, yeah. let's head in this direction. And then it's about finding where we want to go in the direction that we know we don't, opposite to the direction we know we don't want to go, you know? So it's good. Yeah, it's a good that's, approach. Yeah. 
that's kind of how I thought. It was like, this is who I don't want to be, and this is who I don't want to be with. Also, mm. I think that was a big one for me. Um, kind of like putting a list of things that I don't like together instead of saying this is what I want. And um, yeah. And there's, then there's, the, there's, there's definitely a lot to explore down there. I, I want to like dive into the stuff that you know you don't want. And then as we're going to get into the stuff that you do want, because like sometimes, yeah, like I said, working out what you don't want versus what you do want, you have to work out, you know, particularly in this space. Cause it's like, we're not, it's not really shown like the kink BDSM sort of relationship space. No. It's not well known. So it's like, you might see like, Oh shit, I don't like that. Yeah. Maybe over here. I do like it a little <laughs> bit, you know? Yeah, um, and then I I don't know the Instagram magic happened, and I met my partner actually on Instagram. Really? Oh my god, that's yes. amazing! We need to hear that story too. That's cute. The um and the, the the amount of people that can successfully find uh, online relationships is quite small. So congratulations! You're you're already um you're already in a minority there. So well done. Yeah, and um, we kind of went from there. So he's been in the uh, king community way longer than I have. Um, way more experience and I was like I have no idea what I'm doing <laughs> and we kind of went from there and just took it you know day by day um, yeah just finding out what we both enjoy what we enjoy about each other and yeah it's been it's been an interesting journey um, I don't know it's on so many levels because People think about, when they hear BDSM or King, they think about sex, right? Like, that's the first thing everybody thinks about. Yes. And they, most people don't understand that that's such a small portion of what it actually is. Yeah, I'm glad you were going down this path. I 100% agree. It's like, for me, like, and every guest that I talk to, it's like, they've come from a place not necessarily of trauma, but it's like they're, they're using it to heal. They're using it for self-exploration. They're using it for discovery, for connection, for relationships, for, for introspection, right? And you get to fuck. Like, it's like, it's like, <laughs> this, it's, you know what I mean? It's like, there's this like spiritual, deep, personal, ugh, and there's a bit of sex on top. That's the sort of feeling yeah. that I get from most people. But like to the public, it's like, yeah, we're just like sex, cra- sex fiendish, like, you know? Yeah, this, this, like, wait. Y'all don't understand, like, this shit takes a lot of trust on both ends and a lot of Mm. communication, which I'm terrible at. When I, so what I normally do when I fight is I will hang up the phone and I will not answer my phone for the next 24 hours. And my partner is not having that. I did that once and he was like, I'm respect myself too much to be dealing with that. So you need to fix your attitude. You can stay and, on the phone and not talk to me, but you don't get to hang up. You don't get to walk out. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, like, <laughs> respecting boundaries and that sort of stuff, but it's, like, it goes both ways. It's – so, Someone asked me um, recently if I have any resources on um, jealousy in ethical non-monogamy, in polyamory, um, particularly with the dom-sub relationships. And um, I sort of pointed it to the podcast, um, and potentially you can speak to that as well. But – it made it inspired me to write like a little blog post. I'm going to post it after this talk, hopefully today. So I'll, I'll link it in the show notes to this to this talk as well. But basically, the answer is is like shit comes up, jealousy or other emotions, and you've got to sort of sit with it, process it, communicate it, and talk about it. Because in this space, like you know, to be able to play in the BDSM kinky space, regardless, you've got to have great communication. 
like more so than like a quote unquote normal relationship because you're mm-hmm. playing in like a more riskier space. So it's like either you can do it the stupid um, stupid way, which might happen to people when they first jump in there, <laughs> but that leads to, to, to bad experiences. And, you know, if you want to be successful in this space, you've got to communicate. So like, you know, fair enough, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. I was like, yeah, if you were doing that. Because especially because I, in the beginning, set the boundary of like, you cannot give me the silent treatment no matter how hard we argue, you do not get to get go silent on me because that just triggers something really like negative for me. <laughs> and, and you went like, silent on them. <laughs> he was like, um, it's not how it works. Like this works both ways. If I don't get to go silent, you don't get to go silent either. And I was like, fair enough. Fair enough. And has, fair enough. has that, has that like forced facing of the problems? I'm assuming that's oh. been a good thing for you. Yeah. Yeah, because I uh I tend to run from conflict cuz here's the thing. <laughs> conflict gives you potential for in my or in my old experience, conflict gives you potential for abandonment. So yes. for me that triggers a whole cuz I also didn't have a great father, so <laughs> I feel you on that one. We've and- both got daddy issues. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anyone. (laughs) Yeah, and so for me, um, conflict is such a negative thing and it just triggers a whole array of things. And I'm learning to fight. Like, fighting is also something you need to learn. It's also something we never talk about. Everybody just assumes you know how to fight. Yes. Okay. I think I'm, I'm on board with what you're saying. It's like, it's, it's not about not having the conflict. It's about processing the conflict. Yeah. It's- Cause it's normal that two people or more people will, will have issues. Like that's, that's normal, but it feels like you don't, you don't have this modeling of like, how do I deal with the conflict? Right? Yeah, exactly. Like I yeah. didn't. So the only reaction I know how, or I knew was to run away. Cause that's what I've been taught, right? When there's conflict, you run. Mm. And you just let it sit and sweep it under the rug and under the rug until there's none of it left. But the problem is that doesn't that only works for a short amount of time and then it just all explodes in your face. So you can only you can only stuff so much down before it's before it all yes. bubbles over and then the relationship's ruined because and you can't you can't necessarily even point to one particular thing. Like if you're not processing the relationship problems, you can only be like, oh, well, there was that time that you didn't do the dishes. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, that's nothing. But it's not it's not that one instance. But if, if you don't process even just the little things, they build up and then you, you've got nothing to even like framework of why you're frustrated because you haven't been communicating the little stuff, let alone the big stuff, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, communic- like I said before, communication plays a big role and I'm learning to communicate in such different ways because um, I thought I was great at communicating. I also always considered myself a very warm person. And then I was told that I'm actually pretty cold towards other people's feelings. And I needed to reflect on that a little bit, honestly, because I was like, wait, I'm not cold. I'm like all warm and fuzzy compared to my family. And I am, but (laughs) they're not good role models when it comes to that. I, I, I'm so relating to this. I can feel this in myself. It's like, no, I'm not anxious. I'm not angry. I'm open. I'm lovely, right? But it's like relative. I, I did a um little talking event. You might have seen the post. It was like I, I was up on stage and 
the person was sort of doing a, a how to public speak sort of seminar and I got up, read some poetry and did did some stuff. And then he sort of moved me, positioned me and changed me. And one of the comments from the audience was like, he's like, oh, how do you feel about him now? And the comment was, I trust you now. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh no. Like, because it was like, and it was just a matter of me just taking a few steps forward into the crowd and just sort of like, just changing, like it was just slight body, body changes. But I'm like how I felt I was being perceived versus how this person was perceiving me was like, there was a disconnect and it fucking stung. That said, like other people were perceiving me differently to how that person perceived me, but it was like, Ooh, okay. You know, like, you know, relative to the people that I've modeled against. Yeah. I'm, I'm not prickly, but relative to maybe the general public when I'm out in public and it's you no know, nervous situation, I am prickly. Fair enough. Point taken. I'm, I'm doing the learning, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, and it's so interesting because, um, Really, compared to my family, I'm all warm and fuzzy and, like, such a kind and loving person. <laughs> but then again, they're kind of like ice blocks, so maybe in comparison, <laughs> I look great um, in the out in the real world, not so much. And it's, ugh, it's so interesting because I'm learning so much about myself that I didn't know I needed to work on. Mm. Oh, there's so many things. Can you can you step into that that space a little bit? Like like I've said, this whole space is self discovery, and it's it's so far beyond the bedroom. Like we'll get into the the, the kinky stuff as well. But to me, this this space is actually more interesting because it's like you know you can flog someone with a stick or a paddle. That's not as interesting to me as discovering the fact of why you like flogging someone or being. You know what I mean? Like there's deeper level fun here. Yeah. Um, so. One big thing I learned about myself is I have such an unhealthy relationship with myself. Like, I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, I look like shit today. Like, I'm so glad nobody else can see me right now and you're the only person who gets to see me. But I I hate looking at myself. And having someone constantly reassure you and kind of trying to let you see yourself through their eyes is um it's absolutely incredible for me it's um something i still don't fully understand sometimes because um a lot of my insecurities i feel like they're not gone but they're getting better because um i'm i feel more confident i'm a total badass when it comes to like my job and working because I have to be, and um, also, like, handling life. I'm great at that. I'm a single mom. Like, well, I was a single mom for most of my son's life, so I, I'm I'm a natural badass when it comes to those things, but I'm super insecure. And I hide it under a pretty smile and, like, I don't know, being funny, and I, I can fake it pretty well. It's like, fake it till you make it, but I never really made it no. i just kept on faking <laughs> <laughs> I, I i could relate to the, these feelings as well it's like you're just slightly out of reach or out of connection with what seems like the other people are doing it's sort of like just pretending but sort of pretending well enough to be sort of included and even thriving in certain spaces but deep down you know there's there's like a, a lack or a gap or something going on that isn't quite fulfilled so, so i'm getting the feeling that like this emptiness this challenge the self-worth issues are being addressed and maybe healing through 
the entry into the kinky BDSM sort of space. Oh, 100%. Like, one of the things, so I, I I'm, I'm re- actively recovering from an eating disorder. And one of the things was, like, one of my first tasks was eating three meals a day. I was like, are you fucking shit? I thought this was supposed to be fun. It's like, no, you're supposed to grow. You're supposed to become a better person. Like, I'm not doing my job right if you're not becoming better by being with me. And I was like, so you're making me eat three times a day? And then when I didn't do it, he would make me write things like, I am worthy, like 50 times over. I'm like, this is no fun at all. (laughs) I thought this was supposed to be fun. But it helped so much, like, Having to, or looking in the mirror and telling yourself, I am worthy 50 times, it does something. It Mm. changes something inside of you. And it's doing that every single day and having someone to, having someone be there when you're having one of those low days where you're like, why am I even here? What's the point? Mm. Why am I here? Um, To kind of catch that and be like, hey. This is your purpose, remember? This is the goal you're working towards. Yeah, I think that it changed a lot for me. And also just, I don't know, feeling like you're desirable. And I know that this is, I I, I have many f- like female friends who struggle with this. It's like, we never feel good enough because we have unrealistic standards for ourselves that we're never going to reach mm. because perfection isn't real like i'm a perfectionist and i'm constantly trying to reach something that's not real because what's perfect like perfection's an impossible goal that keeps shifting you're never never gonna like how much how much money is enough just just as if you go to a job perspective right it's always more like the answer is always more no matter how much you're earning based you know like obviously beyond a certain perspective but yeah. How much money is enough? You know, how 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 thin, how fit, how anything, it's it's never enough. And if you can accept that, you know, perfect is impossible and it's just like progress is perfection, you know, or progress as perfection. It's like just just that little step forward, that little step forward in all ways, right? A little bit yeah, more. Yeah, and <laughs> a little bit little more. A little bit more, you know, yeah. just just a touch. And I think that's um also like I grew up in a very, and I'm not trying to shit on anybody or like talk anyone down, but I grew up in a very strict Christian household with very, very strict rules. And one thing, one of my best mates said to me the other day, and we grew up in this together in this space that we grew up and she was like, are you really surprised we all need to go to therapy? (laughs) What all we've been taught all of our childhood was, you're not worthy, you're not worthy, you're not worthy. And I was like, yo, what the fuck? I didn't even realize. The the religious conditioning is real. Like once again, as a common common theme on this podcast, maybe maybe two thirds of the people are like, yeah, and I came from a religious background. Um, and it's like, well, yeah, of course. Like no wonder, of no wonder there's- did. Of course, no, but it makes sense. You know, like, I mean- it's 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 religions are like a, a factor of societal you know expectations and it, it is directly telling people like that you're a sinner you're you're a sinner from birth like yeah you've done nothing you're not you're good a baby. enough 
Yeah. You're <laughs> Based not on good nothing, enough. right? Yeah. Yeah, no wonder. And uh, that really, when my friend said that to me, she was like, are you really surprised we're all going? Because literally four out of my five girlfriends that I grew up with, we've all been through therapy. <laughs> That's a good thing. And, I'll take that as a yeah. that's a that's a good sign. Everyone should go to therapy. Honestly, everyone needs and to. Literally, everybody needs it. Yeah, literally, literally everyone. Like it's. I, I, sort I of do joke not with know my, a single person who could not. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I joke with my partner, and it's like it feels like the people that are going to the therapy are the ones that least need it, and it's probably because the therapy is working. Like if you've tried therapy and it hasn't worked, it's probably because that therapist or the therapy style wasn't for you. There's a bunch of different therapists, a bunch of different styles. I've tried quite a few. Most of them were shit, but there's like, I've, I've found a good one and it's helping. Right. And and it's like, we need to decompress to talk, to, to express in all aspects of life. So yeah, like get, get that therapy, talk. <laughs> yeah. And I also, I was arrogant enough to think that I didn't need therapy. Um, and then I realized that I needed therapy really badly. <laughs> yep, common. <laughs> and um, when I started going to therapy, I was like, oh, shit, that's why my life is so messy. Like, so many things suddenly made sense. I was like, oh, that explains everything. Because <laughs> I got really <laughs> lucky. I, um, In my real life... <laughs> I have a. I actually have a PhD in psychology. Oh wow! Okay, you can. I like. I like the resistance to to seeing a therapist and then being like, no, I've I've actually could basically be the therapist. <laughs> yeah, but I also realized pretty quickly that I only studied psychology because I wasn't okay and I wanted to know what's what's going on with me, which is I, also I pretty studied, common. I studied psychology too for a fairly similar reason. <laughs> read, read all the books and I'm like. On my bookshelf, it's on like the side. There's an orange book up there that's called "How to Get Your Shit Together," and that's the summary of my my um, my I writings. I have the same book. <laughs> no, no, I wrote that book. Um, oh, I was like, yeah, I, but I have a book that has a very fairly similar title, and I was like, yeah. I think it's how you how to get your act together. I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm like, fuck it, how to get your shit together. It's like the summary of all of the stuff that I've learned just from self learning because I'm like, no, I've I've got to figure this shit out because something's not working right. And also, so many things are just not mentioned, and oh, right. they don't make sense. And you have to fu- you have to put so many puzzle pieces together yourself. And let's just be real honest: healing is no fun. It fucking hurts. But it's like cleaning out a wound, right? Like you've got yes. to clean the festering bullshit out before you can let that shit recover, and then it refesters with a different sort of festering. You got to clean that out again and again and again. <laughs> yeah but now um i'm i think like three months into like actual eating disorder recovery no no slip ups no falling back into old habits so far amazing and it's the same so for me a big thing also was self-harming and my partner was like i know i can't stop you if you really want to do it but what i expect is that you call me first when we talk about it that's a good approach because he's right he's not gonna if i really lose control like that because i know i have in the past 
he's not going to stop that. But giving me the option to talk about what's happening inside of me is is all I need, actually. So, do do you find that some of the um the play, the 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 sexual play, what's the best word to say, gives you some of the same sort of release that self harming does, but in a far more positive way? Obviously, your partner's saying that they're going to talk to you and that sort of stuff, and that's one one aspect of sort of processing it like in that crisis stage but even before that if you're going into that sort of space with someone else do you find oh, that yeah. there's a benefit down that path that sort of makes you like less wanting to or giving you the same sort of release oh 100 because um what it is is a release of emotions that i don't know how to get out in any other way so i needed something physical to get them out right mm. and that's being provided in a much more like you said, positive space mm. in a way that's way less harmful and way less destructive um, or not destructive at all. Well, some people might argue, but... Hey, no, let's, be- let's just be real. <laughs> let's be real here. There's a bit of destruction. But in a fun way. Fun way. Well, um, I mean, everything's like a double-edged sword, right? Like... Alcohol yeah. and drugs can be used for fun and recreation, or they can be used to kill yourself, drown your sorrows. Like it, they can be, it can go both ways depending on the intention behind it, right? Oh, one hundred percent. If you get bruised and beat up, or you know, from a self harming perspective, that that context is is sad and depressing, and you know, like there's there's a tragedy there. But if you're like, hey, come um, make me bleed with this because that's what I'm into and like we're doing this consensually and connectedly and with, you know, the communication and all that good stuff. Well, I mean, you're still getting the same physical wounds potentially, but the attitude behind it is significantly different. Like there's a difference between self-harming in a room by yourself, which I've, I've had that experience myself versus engaging in this sort of play with someone that you trust and connect with. Like there's a totally different energy there despite – the physicality, like, um, and like I've talked about it before, but like I do um, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and MMA and martial arts. Like we're literally fighting each other, right? But the context of it, we're going, we're all friends. We're going to a place. We're agreeing to do this thing. It's contextually appropriate. There's like the tap is like a safe word, right? And like I, you can't see it because of the the camera, but I've got like bruises on my face because of this right now, right? That's not the same as me going out because I'm, I'm aggressive and getting into a street fight with someone that, you know, like th- th- it's the same action, but it like a completely different energy, same result potentially. But the way I'm doing it is just like, okay, I'm developing a friendship group. I'm, you know, as I'm develop I'm training a skill. It's like, there's, there's a whole variety of extra benefits to get the same of like, I'm, I'm a primal beast monster right now. you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, um, and that's what I enjoy at a, enjoy about it sometimes like you can come come home and just be honest to the person who's home with you and be like I fucking need this right now because I'm going insane like my mind is driving me crazy please I need this and they're like okay let's do it <laughs> let's I love that give you, yes give you what you need and then talk about why you needed it but see, let's first see- get the emotions out this is exactly it. There's there's something to be said about, like, you've got to identify what you need in that space. Like, some people will be able to pick it up and be like, hey, I'm putting you over my lap because I can see that you're stressed, right? We're going to play. 
But most relationships and most people, even that sort of person, like you need to like be able to ask for what you need. Um, and that's just like, it's once again, the open and honest communication. If you've gone from a vanilla relationship, it's rare in a vanilla relationship to be able to ask for sex, to be able to ask for anything really. Like it's like, it's, it's an, you know what I mean? Like you can't quite ask for stuff, but once you start stepping into this space, it's like, Hey, like I'm really stressed. Can you just like play with me a little bit and just like give me this release? Cause like, I'm just, you know, and you, you're freer to ask for that space, ask for that release. And I'm, I'm talking sexually now, but it could be like, Hey, can you just like rub my back? And obviously anyone can ask for anything, but the barriers to asking people for stuff, I think reduces when you're able to, to, to have these conversations and get into this this deeper sort of level of play, the BDSM style of thing. You can ask for a back rub. You can ask for a coffee. You can ask for masturbation. You know, you can ask for anything yeah. that you like, provided you've you've had that sort of work with the partner, right? Yeah, and uh, I, it's so funny when you said like when you come when you're in a vanilla relationship. I never asked for anything in my relationship before. I was like, I didn't know There's that no was an option. There's, yeah, no, there's no, there's no structure to it. It's like you're like, hang on, like I sort of want sex, but I'm gonna be like, mm, should I like? Mm, are you gonna like? I'm gonna be mm. like, I don't know. I'm gonna be wearing something that's really low cut and hope he gets the hint. How stupid is I, that? I fucking hate that. Like I'm, <laughs> for those listening at home, I um, I'm quite anxious myself, so I struggle to like, I'll like, I'm not gonna assume stuff, right? I'm not gonna like be in, be assuming. It's like that's just what you're wearing. Do you know what I mean? Like, and like, yeah, you might be up for something you might not be, but like, it's, it's an awkward barrier to, to broach. And it sort of seems like the safer bet is to just let the person come to you. Right. But the problem is is if you're, if you're waiting for me and I'm waiting for you, shit never happens. Like some of the, some of the hottest approaches people have given me, women have been like, Hey, I, I just want to fuck you. Like, like they've said it to me straight. I'm like, yes, like, let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) Not only is that like fucking hot, you just saying that. It also takes away any ambiguity, right? Like, so if anyone's keen, like, just ask, right? Just fucking ask. (laughs) But, like, like, seriously, you know, because it's, like, it's so... There's so much issues with communication, not... You know what I mean? Like, sometimes it's obvious, but the more obvious it is, the better. Because, you know, I've got this universe in my mind. You've got this universe in your mind. How am I to know you might be wearing that low-cut dress because everything else was in the wash or because you felt like wearing yellow today or because you want to have sex with me or because it's a hot day and that's the one that, you know, like there's, there's a million reasons and I'm going to be like, oh, yes, it's because she wants to have sex with me. Maybe, maybe, but that requires me to be in a very confident mood right now, right? Like I have to be like, oh, fuck, yeah, of course it's me. She wants me. <laughs> Does she? I don't know. Tell me. You come out in the, you come out in the sundress and you're like, hey, and you're like, give the sign or you explicitly say like, you know, I'm wearing this. There's no, no panties on underneath. Like, let's go for a walk. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I've definitely done both. I feel like <laughs> I've dressed up pretty and was like, so what are we going to do today? And be all like sweet about it. Look, you, or, you definitely like, I'm definitely play the game. Definitely flirt. Definitely do all of that sort of stuff. But oh, yeah. also have as a tool, the direct ask. Like that's another way to flirt. It's like, no, like, you, me, you, me, now. right now, yeah, one hundred percent. And um, 
And I was, at the beginning, I was really shy to ask because I was like, can I do this? Is it okay for me to want this? Yes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And then at some point, I was just, I don't know, I think we were talking about something completely, I don't even know, it was like a random topic. I was like, I'm not really listening to you because I'm imagining you and me like doing a whole lot of other things that's. (laughs) does not include any talking at all. He's like, oh, oh, let's do it. <laughs> ah. I was like, oh, I can just ask for a thing. Like, right before I came on here, like five minutes before you, s- we started talking, I was on a FaceTime call with my partner because I was like, I am fucking nervous. I'm freaking <laughs> out. My brain is running a million miles an hour. I'm going insane and he's like okay we're gonna breathe it's all gonna be fine you're gonna be amazing i was like oh so nice to just say i need reassurance right now Mm. and to get that but to say i really need to get rid of some stress i really want to have sex right now (laughs) and just get that see i like that you gave like you seem like you're going okay i hope you're you're, the anxiety levels have dropped and we've gone into a state of flow but um beyond that i like that you gave a non-sexual example right? You're, you're going to have a conversation. Like It's interesting having these conversations with people. It's like, hey, at this time, turn up. So no wonder you've got a bit of anxiety and stress there. You know, It makes sense. But like the ability, it's sort of like the, the, you've gone from the ability to ask for sex to be able to be like, hey, just asking for reassurance. It's like, I need this from you right now. There's a confidence in that because once again, like if we go back to like wearing the sundress, like the the thing of that is, is like you might have messaged him and been like, oh, hey, you know, and like hoping that they get the hint that you need a bit of reassurance. How long does that take then? And how frustrating is it when they don't get it? Because then you're in your head going, oh my God, can't you see that I'm distressed? I need your help. It's like, well, no, they can't. Like they can't fucking see that you're distressed. Like you're, you're presenting as normal. My partner, um, this happens with me and my partner all the time. Like if I, if I get, get drunk or get high, right? She, she, I present the same, right? I'm, I'm quite like me at all, at all times. And like inside my brain, like the world might be spinning, (laughs) but I'm presenting the same and then she'll forget. And like, you know, an hour later I'll be like, like, I'm not following, like I'm, I'm pretty inebriated right now. And she's like, oh yeah, I totally forgot. Right. But in my mind, it's like, how do you not see? And in the same way, like I might feel triggered. I might feel like overwhelmed emotionally and I'm like screaming inside my head, but once again, I'm not presenting that and I'm sort of getting upset that she's not seeing the fact that I'm hurting. But if I know that I present this same way, like how can she possibly see that necessarily despite my silent screaming of like, no, fucking see me, you know, like ask. It's like, hey, I'm struggling right now. Hey, I'm horny right now. Hey, I'm, you know, <laughs> whatever it is right now, like help me to fix this problem, please. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's so much freedom in just being able to say these things because I did not have any of that freedom. It's like, especially with emotional stuff growing up, it was always, don't be dramatic. Don't seek attention. Girls are supposed to be seen, not heard. And, you know, like, just sit in the corner, be quiet. And now I'm like... I'm not gonna fucking do nothing. I don't wanna. Well, maybe. Fuck yes. Well, maybe. (laughs) Depends. Yeah, but that that sort of not doing what you want is still uh, within the realms of doing what you want. 
Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, and it's so nice to just be like, I I feel way more confident. Like, I'm like, let's fucking do it. Let's take over the world. Who's going to fucking stop us? Who's going to tell me I, that I can? I agree. Do like embrace your truth, like in every way. And this is, this is that sort of outside of the bedroom BDSM, right? It's, it's beyond the bedroom. It's, 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 it's life, you know, it, it's so is, but it's just maybe one of the things that we can, I, I can hope to bring to the world with this podcast, with my page, with the stuff I'm doing in this space is it's like, Hey, it's, it's far more than just sex. It's not, it's like, it's yes. like the smallest, the smallest aspect of it. It's like the same thing with the martial arts that I do. It's like, yeah, we fight, but like. That's not what it's about. Like, uh, it's what it is, it's about, but it's so much it more. It is what it's about, but it's not. You know, you might go there to learn how to fight, but you don't stay there. Like, I've, I've learned how to fight years ago to a level that I'm, you know, would be quote unquote safe on the streets. The streets. Um, <laughs> but like, but it's, you know, I'm not staying there for that beyond that fact. You know, like, you've, you're, you're, it's, it's a fun. Yeah, the BDSM space is fun and engaging, but there's so much more depth to it. So much more. Yeah, and um, all of these positive things I'm talking about now, I didn't have that in my during my first experience with the kink BDM, BDSM space because uh, it's it's not easy for a girl out there <laughs> if you don't know what you're. Listen, I'm from a small town. Nothing happens here. We don't talk about things. Like, even to this day, some of my friends are uncomfortable talking about sex or masturbating. And I'm like, we're all girls here. We should be able to talk about this shit. Yes. It's so important to be able to talk about these things. And um, so my first experience, I didn't know that I was being treated poorly or that I was in an abusive space until way later when I educated myself more. You know, it started harmless with like a little bit of flirting and then you're kind of attracted to the person. You start hanging out with them more and I don't know. Um, you get intimate, you have sex, it's all great. It starts with like a little bit of play. You think it's all cool. And then now looking back on it, that was the most selfish pe- person I've ever been with. Yeah, I want to. I want to drill down on this because you mentioned you've got like in the little thing that I got you to to fill out that you've got like a thing for sort of um, degradation and praise and like the whole dom sub thing, right? And this is this is one of these things, the nuances that I like to dig into because it's very easy to fall into an abusive relationship with like the person that has like the sort of narcissistic or like toxic style relationships because, (laughs) because they're like, they're saying and doing and they're presenting like someone that's like a dom and alpha is going to be very assertive or will, I'll rephrase actually is going to one of the ways that that person can come across is very assertive and very like do as you're told and very like, you know, I'm in charge, which can be, what you desire, but can also be an example of just a toxic, terrible relationship partner that's going to abuse you, right? And, you know, you combine that with a degradation kink, you combine that with the dom-sub dynamic, and it's very easy for people that are new to the scene to get trapped into toxic relationships and not even realize it because it's like, oh, I sort of like 
what they're doing here because you sort of do, right? But not completely, but you don't quite know because you don't have the education, you don't have the experience. It's like this absolute trap. Whereas after that experience, you're like, okay, I see that that was bad. And then you realize the the new style of what actually is like true domination or true submission or true this space. So maybe you can speak to that. Am I, am I sort of hitting some, some, some like some bells here? Like it seems there's this space down that path, you know? Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> when you said, and then you kind of drift off into narcissistic or toxic relationships. I was like, <laughs> yup. <laughs> like, um, yeah, you hit it right there. Um, looking back on it, my then partner was definitely a narcissist. I just didn't know. I didn't see it because, like you said, it presented as someone who really cared, who would give me, who would like go to the end of, end of the earth for me to, I don't know, bring back a piece of candy if I wanted it. <laughs> and then at some point it just flipped. And in that phase when it was all great and fantastic, which also is, seems to be a very now talking to other people, like the first three to six months, you don't really know because it's easy to fake during that time. And then Honeymoon at some period. point, it, yeah, but it, it ten, at some point it gets harder to fake who you are and the true self comes out. And yeah. even while I would say the first three months of that relationship were fantastic. I felt like I was the only girl in the world and I was on top of the world. Everything was perfect. We never fought. We always agreed on everything, which, although, by the way, is completely unrealistic when pe- two people come together, but I didn't know any better. Yes, just, let's, let's just pause on that for a second. It is completely unreasonable for two people to agree on everything, no matter what. Like, just, yeah. just no matter, like, the whole Not soulmate normal. fairy tale thing is great for stories, but in the real world, like, you don't you even disagree. agree with yourself. No, but you don't oh. even agree with yourself. Right, like, 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 to even so, like, like, how many times do you do something and you're like, oh fuck, that was dumb, or like, I shouldn't have done that. Like, you didn't even get to agree with yourself, and to expect someone else to agree with you all the time is folly. Either they're giving something up, or you're giving something up, or they're coercing you, or you're coercing them. It is not realistic. It's about navigating those spaces, finding someone that's in line with you. And if you have disagreements, and disagreements aren't bad. It's like if if you and I disagree, that might be a learning opportunity that might be some sort of space for growth. You know, it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily bad. It's just, it is what it is. So anyway, sorry, I I did cut you off, but no, no worries. Um, (laughs) I 100% agree. Like you, two people coming together can, it can never be just smooth sailing from the get go. It's not how it works, but it felt like that. And during that time it was great. And then there came the three to six months period in that relationship and suddenly I started feeling more and more empty like I don't know it's just something wasn't right there's just an emptiness inside of me and it kept growing and it kept growing and it kept growing no matter how much time I spend with my ex-partner or how much time I spend trying to somehow fill this emptiness it just didn't go away and it got worse over time. And um, and then a minor disagreement happened over something really like stupid. I don't I don't even fully remember what it was. And 
suddenly it felt like I was in the middle of a war zone and everything just fell apart. And I was there like completely confused as to what just happened because mm. I thought we were in a super healthy, great relationship. Also, like the whole, um, you kind of, when you fully open up to someone, you give a part of yourself to that person because there's just no other way. Like a part of you kind of, you just connect with the other person. So it's normal like this. And suddenly that person rips away from you and you're just standing there going, what what just happened? Mm. Nothing makes sense anymore. And for me, it was really terrible because I kind of depended on, that because I had no self worth, so I tried to get it from the outside, and that was my only s- source of worth and like destiny, or I don't know, hope, I guess. And he just brutally ripped it all away from me. Was like, I don't ever want to see you again. Blocked my number, blocked my social media out of nowhere. Over like I think I want to say it was a pot that I forgot when washing up. Well, wow. <laughs> and out of nowhere, my whole life just kind of fell apart like a house of cards. I was like, um, and then you sit there with this completely shitty, empty feeling, and you're like, this can't be it. This can't be right. Mm. It was really terrible because he was selfish as fuck, used me, and then later I found out he was also cheating on me with three other women at the same time. Three. (laughs) Three. Like (laughs) he was like, I'm gonna do this right. And (laughs) look, if you if you're gonna cheat on someone, like don't settle at one. Like just just as many as possible. Pile that on, right? (laughs) And I was like, what the hell is happening? Like and this all happened like it was like an avalanche once we broke up messages started getting to me and people started telling me stories i was like where the fuck were you guys six months ago when i started dating this person see see, this is something that i'm I'm learning entering this space everyone that i ask about how to be safe is vetting right vet the people yes. that you're with particularly in this space but i mean you do it in any relationship you vet a job by you don't just go you just don't just apply you see you talk to the people past and present that are working there right if you're going to enter a, a martial arts gym you check it out, you speak to it, you try a few different places, you, you know, see the reputation, right? Particularly in this space, it's like, what do you know of this person? You know, yada, yada. And like, encourage people to speak the truth because like, if you're going to, you know, get a relationship, either exclusive, non-exclusive, or just, just a sexual play, whatever the relationship is, if that person has done wrong, their reputation will precede them. A, a yep. couple of podcasts ago, I was talking to a lady who does um, explicit photo shoots, you know, quite popular. Um, and she, we we touched on this. She's like, you know, I'm like, how do you say safe safe in the industry if it's you and the photographer alone? You know, there's there's an inherent risk of danger there, right? And she's like, well, you just you you vet you you go on their Instagram, you see the girls that they've been photog- photographing with, and like, hey, I'm thinking of working with this guy. What's your experience? Yada yada. And some of them come back with like, fuck no, this person's a creep. Some of them are like, yeah, you know, professional, da da da. You know, and there is a space to vet, but it's funny, like you said. Where were you six months ago? I think I think people 
people struggle to, how hard is it to say to someone, oh, hey, the person you're with is bad or, oh, hey, I'm concerned. Like, just if I can share one more thing, my, I, I had a friend years ago who was in a toxic relationship and I said it to her. I'm like, this sounds bad. You've got to, you should break up. Like, I'm just going to like do what you like, but I had no interest in this person. Like it wasn't sexual for me to get her to break up so I could be with her or anything like that. I'm just like, it sounds like you're struggling. It sounds like, like he doesn't seem like a bad person, but it sounds like they're bad for you. And later on they broke up. My friend now has two kids to a lovely man and they've got this amazing relationship. And she's like, said to me, it's like, I was the only person who, 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 told her the truth who said like, you know, you don't need to save the relationship. You can, it's actually okay. And like, it's not good. You know what I mean? Like it, it's a rare voice to have someone speaking up and being like, Hey, yeah. like get out. <laughs> and I had a similar experience with a friend who was, I think throughout her, her entire relationship, I was like, I don't think this guy's right for you. Yeah. But she was How so hard anxious. So hard, and she was so anxious and so shy that she was scared she would never never find anyone else. So she stayed with him, and then they got engaged. And she asked me to be her maid of honor, and I was like, "This is so awkward because I don't support this relationship at all." Like he's a great yes. guy, I like him as a person, just not with her. And yes, um, we had a few of those conversations. One of them, like eight weeks before they were supposed to get married, where she was like. I don't think I want to marry him. I'm like, fucking call it off while you still can. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to hurt him. I'm like, how do I get through to this person? And then I think four weeks before they were supposed to get married came the redeeming phone call of her saying, oh, I broke up with him. I was like, girl, the roller coaster I've been through with you. I don't need that again. It was so fucking Congratulations hard. to that person because that is fucking hard. Like in all in all seriousness, I speak to like countless people message me in the DMs and there's a big percentage of them that are like, I don't like my partner. They're not giving me what I need. They're lovely people, but I'm not happy. And it's like, well, the relationship's going to end in one of few ways. You're going to settle. You're going to cheat. You're going to um, communicate and or they're going to change, right? You're going to open up the relationship. Something, something has to happen. But if if something doesn't happen, you just it, it, most of those answers, most of those results are terrible. Like if your friend had stayed with that person to not hurt them, it's like, well, I yeah. don't know about you, but like breaking up fucking sucks. But years and years of relationship with someone that is terrible sucks more. And like, like I think to my exes, and I'm like, oh, thank God we didn't have kids. You know, thank God we didn't bring anything extra, like the, the the biggest commitment I had with a partner of mine was a house and a dog. And like, they kept the dog and we split and sold the house, but like, it's a dog. It's not a child. You know, it's not like, you know, like, and we, we stayed together for, for a couple of years longer than we should have. Do you know what I mean? And like that, that yep. hurt more than the breakup. <laughs> you got to like, if, if you're, if, if you're listening to this and you're thinking like, oh, Hey, I should break up with this person. And you've been thinking Do that it. for a while. I'm not going to say do it, but like really like consider strongly do it. doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even, I'm not going to say consider strongly. If you've been thinking about it for a while, just go and fucking do it. Cause you're going to do I'll, it anyways. I'll, I, would, I would caveat that. I would actually suggest get personal therapy, get couples therapy. Yes. Um, because, because those feelings might be something in you. So if you pull, if you go to break up with someone and you realize, oh shit, I've got unresolved trauma and issues that I should have resolved and that's cost me a good relationship. 
However, like assuming you've, you're in the therapy, you've tried, you've tried stuff, break up, but try, yeah. try, try stuff first. <laughs> um, yeah. And I can also speak to that. So I actually have a kid with one of my ex-partners. Um, I have a almost seven year old running around. Well, not right now. He's sleeping, but normally running around and it is not easy. It no. is not easy. Especially like, I think the first year of parenting was very awkward because there was a lot of like unresolved feelings between us and it's fucking awkward and weird. And now we have a lovely friendship and he's probably one of my best mates and it's great. But man, it was not easy. And in that case, I also, I, so (laughs) when I said I'm not great at, conflicts i mean i'm really not great at conflicts um i was also set to marry this man um i think our wedding was like six weeks out he was away for his bachelor's weekend and i just packed my shit and left (laughs) nice i moved across the country oh god he was gone for 48 hours i was like this is my shot packed my shit and left and i'm just just wondering like Moving forward, um, how would have you handled that situation Whether if that was you now? I probably talked about it first. <laughs> not just get up and leave and change your phone number. <laughs> sounds, <laughs> like, sounds like you've had a lot of growth in this area. <laughs> that was awful. Honestly, like, shitty relationship. We, were, we should have never been together. We were greatest mm. friends. We should have never been together. But what I did was pretty awful too like just leaving and just leaving a note and the ring and the key to the house not not a very nice move (laughs) i'm gonna admit that um also didn't work the way i wanted it to because i didn't realize at the time that i was pregnant so i kind of had to talk to him again (laughs) (laughs) that was one awkward phone call as you can imagine (laughs) oh boy yeah oof that not a rough. great move, but I do not regret breaking up with him at all. It was the right thing. I probably would have, had I known that I was pregnant, I probably would have stayed because I grew up in a broken home without a dad and I didn't want that for my child. So I probably would have stayed. So I'm glad it all, it all happened the way it did for a reason. But yeah. Yep. People ask us, like, would you change something about your past? I'm like, yes, but it also made me who I am, and I like who I am now. So, no, but that's not yeah. condoning what I wanted to have happen. You know what I mean? It's it's a, it's an interesting space. You know, it's like, yeah, I, I wish X Y Z didn't happen, but I'm me now. So, mm. I, I I do want to like bring it back to the, the 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 issues with the relationships into that sort of um the the degradation sort of yeah kink sort of impact play sort of space, right? So, so I'm always curious about this. Can can you explain what you enjoy, like what degradation is to you and why why that's appealing? Because to, to some people, they'll feel distinctly disturbed by it. And then this is the fun part of the space because it's like what disturbs you gets me off, right? So please, like, can you can you share that? Because I've, I've, got, a, I've got a lot of um, things I want to nitpick in there. All right. Um, so – I think I did. First of all, I didn't know this was a thing. 
until I realized it was a thing. Um, I was like, why would people be into that? That is so weird. <laughs> um, so, so define what it is and then get into it if you can, please. Yeah. Um, define what it is. See, that's already, it's, <laughs> I find it really difficult sometimes to find good definitions. Um, I'm going to blame my lack of English. Because um, it is Speaking my third German, language. <laughs> Speaking in any language, it's like <laughs> a um, multilingual podcast. Yeah, no, I think for, so. For me, it's um, the consensual, and that's I think the key. Um, I don't. Hmm, how do I put this right? Okay, this is really difficult. See, <laughs> I should have written something down. Um, when you're always in charge and you're always the one everybody looks up to and asks for everything, it's really nice to feel like you're not. To have someone tell you that you're not and this is so it's so messy in my head because i don't i like being on top of the world and being everything but sometimes i like being told that i'm not in charge and that i'm nothing and that i can't make any choices for myself from my partner <laughs> nobody else though um to give to yeah. give some backstory m is a you've said a marketing executive so we're talking like in charge of people and things happening in a in a corporation right and so like money lots of lots you are, of you money are, you are you are a head honcho situation so people i would imagine that people aren't going to be degrading you in the workspace much oh fuck no <laughs> <laughs> we're not having none of that um that does not happen and i'm also right now taking some more classes to like get another promotion you oh, know climbing luck. the corporate ladder as one does <laughs> As one does um, look, the high the higher up you are, the more you get to degrade other people, as I've heard in the in the corporate space. And that's not my leadership style, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well you 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 seem to be maybe, I would guess, like a like a participative leader. Get the opinions and then make the choice based on what they're uh, what they would say. Yeah, would that be about about right? Like Yeah, and then sometimes and then- I'm yeah, I'll, I communicate with my team and then sometimes I'm like, Y'all are a bunch of idiots, I'm gonna do it my way. <laughs> But so, so this, so this, yeah. this, this energy flips to the bedroom space, in which you want to be taken out of the domination of your everyday life. You know, if you're if you're saying you're you're a you know you're a single mum, you're in charge in that space. You're an executive, you're mostly in charge in that space. There's a freedom of of letting go. There's yes. a freedom of, of submission. There's a freedom of that. But but there's there's a difference here with the degradation. Degradation's like for lack of a better expression, like insults or being put down or like called names and that sort of stuff. And I mean, that's not, that's not really submission. That's like a, like a, a flipping of roles. That's like a, oh, I don't know, fill, fill, fill that blank there for me. Like what, what's, what are you getting from your partner or whoever you're playing with that's engaging in that play? What do you get when they're like, and, and how do they do the degradation? Is it like verbal? Is it physical? Like what, what are they doing to you that mm. puts you into the space that you're trying to attain from that? I think so it's it's a mix of both physical and verbal. Um it's I find it so hard to explain what it does to me, I think. Um but what you said is like 
always having to be dominant and also like having to tell people what they've done wrong or what they didn't do right goes against my very nature. Cause I don't like telling people when they're doing something wrong. It's not, I don't, I don't enjoy that part of the job, <laughs> even though I'm, I'm great at it. Like, don't get me wrong. I can, but I don't enjoy it. It doesn't give me pleasure. Um, <laughs> So you're looking for people that do get pleasure from that to to play with you, basically. And, uh, but it's, <laughs> it's also like, there's a very fine line um, with degradation because I find it very offensive when someone calls me a whore. When my partner calls me his whore, I'm like, fuck yes, I'm your whore. <laughs> I, li- I like that. It's like, it's like, yeah, you're... Don't call me a whore, call me your whore. There's there's yeah. something to be said about that. It's like the ownership, right? Yeah, and oh, that's a whole nother turn on, like the whole being a little bit I always thought possessive men were weird. And now I'm like, no, be fucking possessive. Like, I'm all yours, you can help me. <laughs> um <laughs> Which still feels weird to say, because um I don't know, it's it's such a taboo topic, like especially like, with like degradation, like possessiveness. It's, it's it oh. flies against the modern push for feminism, right? Yeah. There's this like it's this interesting cr- intersection, right? Like you want to be have the opportunities and stuff, but you still might want to play in the submissive role, and that confuses a lot of people. I feel. But I also think this, okay, we need to, like, I have a problem with the way feminism is perceived because yes, it's all about having a choice, right? I yes. fucking choose this. <laughs> I choose See, for my part, I'll, you know? I'll, I'll push back on that, right? Because the argument, like, and I'm, I'm just putting words in people's mouths here, so tr- treat this with an absolute grain of salt. But they would, they, and I say they, the, the internet hordes, <laughs> <laughs> might suggest that you're choosing that based on conditioning. That had had the patriarchy, the masculinity, that sort of stuff not been apparent, had you not grown up with the Christianity, the strict parenting, yada, 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 you wouldn't choose it because like, so the conditioning is making you feel like you should choose it. Thus, your choice, whilst you should have that choice, the fact that you're making that choice isn't necessarily right because the choice is coming from a place of years of oppression and, and sort of like, do, do you sort of see where I'm going with that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause I'm totally oppressed and I have no choices at all. And <laughs> I'm not in charge of like a bunch of people <laughs> and can do whatever the fuck I want to. <laughs> you know what Look, I mean? It's, it's like, it's, it's compl- so funny. This, this is the point uh, of these conversations is to get to the bottom of this because it's like, yeah, like there's so many different truths that all interlay in each other. And it's almost like life's more complicated than the simple BDSM equals sex. You know what I mean? It's like it's like there is a complexity here, and like, yeah, I, I, I to be clear, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Like, oh, 100%, freedom of choice. We, we are, we are in a society, and society will impact us. But right now, oh, as individuals, like, I think like the freedom of choice, regardless of whether or not that choice has been dictated, because every like we think in the language that we were born into. I didn't have a choice to be English to speak, you know, speak English language. <laughs> I did choose that. <laughs> Yeah, but you you know what I mean? Like, we, we have no choice yeah. in a lot of stuff. And then, like, by the time we start being able to make choices, we've got so much societal implications that our choices are from the inside of that cultural sphere, sphere as opposed to from the external. 
you know, no one can step outside of themselves that much to be able to choose. So fuck yes, make the choice. You're choosing yeah. to do this with this person or people. Mm. And, and, that seems like freedom. That's, that's the thing too. Like I get to choose who gets to do certain things to me, right? Like mm. I get to choose who I, <sighs> I said this to you, like, uh, I think in a, in a message, like I was like, why would people wear collars? That's so weird. That's so not sexy at all. Like, I find that very weird and it's not something that could ever turn me on. <laughs> but I was so wrong. <laughs> Man, was I wrong. Because <laughs> yeah. then the person you care about most in the world suddenly stands in front of you and is like, so I got you something. <laughs> you want to try mm. this maybe? I'm like, okay, I'll do it for you. And then suddenly, and, and he put it on, he put it on my neck and I was like, ah, I can breathe. I felt so incredibly free. And I was like, whoa, what is happening? I didn't, I like, I didn't understand that a piece of anything basically like it could could have been a necklace it was it wasn't but that something and i think that also comes down to the ownership and the possessiveness it's like you're mine that's something that says you're mine you belong to me and oh it felt so good and so free and i didn't know like i was i was actually like I don't judge, but I was low-key judging a little bit. And people were like putting, I was like, why would you wear a collar? That's so weird. <laughs> I, I, a couple of things I want to respond to there. I feel like it's, it, it's very easy to judge people as being odd or out there when they themselves would be judging you for being odd or out there for your, your kinks. You know, it's very easy to do that until you've stepped into their space. Like I talked to a bunch of people on the podcast and some of them are doing stuff that I would never consider doing. It seems odd or out there, but it's it's sort of these conversations are teaching me that it's like, well, just because it's not for me doesn't mean that it's not great. And also doesn't mean like you've said, doesn't mean that I won't like it if I was to try it. You've just got to step step beyond that barrier. It's like food, you know, some food you're like, oh, 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 but then you try it and you're like, mm, actually. <laughs> the, the other thing I wanted to address was you're saying it's like the freedom. There's like, there's like a freedom of like, you're, you're getting the choice to submit right? And letting them do yeah. those things. There's an analogy there to self-harm. If we bring it back to that, self-harm often, and you might be different like your reasonings, but people sometimes choose to self-harm and same thing with the eating disorders as a way to gain control in an uncontrollable life. You can choose what you put or not put into your body. You can choose to harm yourself in some some way. It's choice. You've, you've got, you're choosing something in an unchoosable situation based on past abuse, past traumas, neglect, whatever it is. You know, perhaps the the you're choosing to surrender to someone, you're choosing to submit to someone. It's a similar sort of energy. Like you can choose to give up control. And that choice to give up control is is itself freeing in a weird it's a weird twist of the mind. But maybe yeah. maybe there's something there, right? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Um totally relate to what you said about um, gaining control in, con in situations where you feel like you don't have any control um, also stems from like a bunch of past trauma. I also just saw that there's paint on my fingers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And 
being able to regain control in a way. This is my partner. This is my partner asking me to fully surrender my trust and be like, I'm putting myself, my well-being into your hands. And I trust you to do whatever it takes to make sure that I'm okay. And it's like, it's little stupid things like him not letting me walk on, uh, like when we walk together, he walks on, I have to walk on the inside, he walks on the side of the street. It's like stupid little things that I never knew could mean anything. Where I'm like, oh, that's just him being protective. Or um, in a bar when there's a guy, like when I, I'm going to get, get drinks or and he can feel that I'm uncomfortable or he can tell from my body language that I know I'm uncomfortable by someone approaching me. And then suddenly he like shows up behind me and just like grabs, my, like grabs my neck from the back and like rubs my neck. And I'm like, okay, I'm safe. You know, like there's someone here who's not going to let any harm come my way. And for me, it was this last step of being like, I fully surrender to you and it feels good and it feels yes. so so safe because that's for me safety is a big thing like if i feel unsafe i'm gonna fucking bolt <laughs> like that's just if i wasn't feeling comfortable talking to you right now i would have not done it like i would have yeah. i would have already been gone and well i'm glad you're talking with me locate like this is good <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, it's safety is such a big thing, and if I can feel safe with someone, and if they they are willing to do whatever it takes or whatever they can give me to make sure it's, I stay safe and I feel that way, then how could I not? How could I like it's just automatically <laughs> inside of me automatically happens. I'm like, I wanna be with this person. I wanna follow their lead because I know I'm safe when I follow their lead, right? And that's how submission came so naturally with my partner. Because he made me feel all of these things. It just happened so naturally. Because we were like, we're going to take this really slow. And we're just going to take our time. And then we didn't. <laughs> no, we did. At first it was like a lot of like texting back and forth and phone calls. And being like really polite. And fully dressed. <laughs> and, you know, nervous. And I don't know. And then I had an office party and I was really drunk. And then I was done with polite and nervous. Uh, <laughs> I was like, so, fuck all of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I did want to come back to that. You said you yeah. met, you met online. Mm-hmm. What, where did you meet online? On Instagram. Instagram. Ooh. The, look, the DMs that I've got, I'm just going to like just read you a DM that I've just gotten just for, for context here. Hang on. Let me let me find it. Um, hang on a second. Where are we? It's – where is it? Okay. Here we go. They say to me, hey, H-E-Y-Y, hi. I respond with hi. And they say, can I have some porn videos? I'm single and just want to satisfy myself. 
that that was my most recent DM from someone. I have blocked. I'm going to share this with with the public. I'm just saying this is the level of um, quality yeah. at its lowest point that I'm getting in the DMs. And on the on the highest point, I'm also getting, you know, deep and meaningful connections with real people. But I'm just saying, like, Instagram's a, a rough spot to try and uh, connect with. Um, how, how, how did that go? So I can also read you one of my favorites that I've gotten yesterday. Oh yes, please. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> this, this is this is a common factor. It's the um the Christianity, the the past trauma, and the absolute weirdos in the teams. It started with, "Hey, I really like your posts." Okay, thanks. Cool. I guess N- nice. Yep. And then. You can just so tell how you? they're saying it, can't you? Like, it's yeah. just, even just that, that just, first sentence. It's just you already sentence, know, yeah. I've had people say that to me, and I'm like, oh. And then I've had people say something similar that but the I know that they different. actually- Yeah, they just know, I just know that they do like my stuff. And I'm like, I'm trying to work out in my mind, what is different about this to that? Do continue. <laughs> yeah, and, and then he said, what are you up to? I was like, not much. Oh. Like, I was just like, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna engage there's as little as possible. There is a dick about to come your way. I'm just, I'm just. <laughs> I already, I blocked him before that happens. Uh, then he goes straight to, he goes straight to from what are you up to, to I would like to tie you up and mark you as my whore. <laughs> I'm sure you do, buddy. I'm sure you do. Okay. Um, no. <laughs> no. And then I just blocked him before because dick pins are fairly common. Oh look, I've I've had a few just recently. It was um someone oh, chatting fun. to me, and they no no they actually got through the the first bullshit filter right, and I'm like 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 they they filtered through the first bit. We're talking back and forth, and they're like, then they're asking me to like, I, I knew something was sus when they said something like, I want you to be my um bull. I'm I'm a cuck. I'm like, mm, no. Another one was sending me pictures. Like, it's just they just they just you can feel the vibe. Far. They just go too fast too soon. Or like with me, they're like, they, they're wanting to talk to me, but I can tell they're getting off to the the way that I'm talking. And it's like, dude, I'm a, I'm an erotic writer. So I'm actually like, like you're getting off to my craft right now. Like buy my book. It's right there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And, and that also for me. So I started very innocently on Instagram um, with poetry two years Love ago. Book. Um. Which is, by the way, actually how I found you. I followed your poetry account first. Oh, um, nice. And um, I was I was just working through my shit. And then I started exploring a little bit. <laughs> and it was through a post that I, I used a hashtag on one of my mm, on one of my posts. And I was just like, I want to see what kind of posts are behind this hashtag. Oh, no. What was the hashtag? Do you remember? I, ooh, I'm not sure. I want Something s- a bit spicy. Something a bit spicy. Definitely videos I'm related. And I started, like, scrolling through the re- most recent, because you can filter by, like, top and most recent, right? And I started scrolling through the recent posts. And there was this guy, and I was like, there's something about him. It was like a shirtless pick of a guy. It's not something I normally would click on and be like, ooh, he seems like a nice dude. But there was, I, I don't know, there was a vibe about his eyes in that pig. You so got successfully thought, you, you got thirst trapped successfully. This is amazing. <laughs> um, this is this is mind-blowing. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, but I, so I clicked on his pig and I was, um, 
I looked through his page, and this is so like I, and I'm not the girl to just like go and DM guys when I'm like into them. Like it's it's different when I'm like, hey, I think your posts are really educational and great. Like I think that's how I, how I started messaging you. I was like, this is actually really awesome. With him, I was just like, he's fucking hot. Ah. <laughs> so <laughs> I started reading through his posts, and I was like. Oh, he's hot and smart. And I just messaged him. I just slid into the DMs and the rest is history. (laughs) I love it. So I'm just guessing you didn't um, go from high to like, I want you to tie me up like the whore that I I am. No, no, no. You took your time a little bit. Mm, Yeah, I went slow. I was like sweet talking him for a while. (laughs) Just for the people playing at home, that worked. Go slow. If anyone, if any of these buddies that are entering my DMs or your DMs with this sort of stuff, if you want any hope of anything, slow, get a connection, see if you actually like the person, and then show your dick. <laughs> <laughs> and also, that's this is also get like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you some more like <laughs> I I have absolute like I ask consent from my partner to share some of our story. Like yep. the first time we started, kind of like. I'm gonna call it like playing and we were like sending pics back and forth there came this moment where it was like a dick pic is about to happen kind of like it was that moment where you just know and he was like and he literally said to me if you want a dick pic from me you're gonna have to ask for it because yes, i'm not gonna send explicit. it without i was like yes Fuck! <laughs> i lost my mind i was like okay like first of all he's making me ask for it how much that alone? I love, I love that game. It's like no, no. Like you, if you want something from me, and this is back to that thing of like people asking me to to fuck. Like if you want it, explicitly state it. Tell me you want it. Tell me explicitly what you want. Be tell specific. me exactly what you want. Yeah. Tell me exactly. the aim. Like tell me exactly what you want. And like forcing those words out of your mouth. Oh, like how how fun is that that play, right? And by the way, I mean like you're 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 what a a marketing executive, right? If you can get the person asking for your shit, how much more likely are you to, to settle that deal, right? Like, like from just a sales perspective, if they're asking you, it's like, hey, like, can you convince me to buy your product? Like, that's the dream sales That's pitch, like, that's right? what I do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you want them to come to you. You don't want to have to be like, hey, do you want to see my dick? It's like, no, like, I'm going to make you want to ask me for that shit. <laughs> and... And just the level of respect, because we had clearly reached that point in our, like, video calls and texting and all. We had reached that point. It was obvious. But he wouldn't go past it unless I enthusiastically gave consent by asking him. And I loved that alone. It was like, oh, man, you're so different from all the boys I've met on here before. <laughs> And yeah, it was really, it's just really great. And this was after like getting to know about each other, being like, oh, I have kids. You have kids too. Cool. How old are your kids? Like having the conversations, actually investing time into the other person. Also, like, I mean, let's be real. The alcohol really did help that one night to like cross that line. <laughs> Sometimes you need a little bit of a barrier to, to cross that line. But once the line's crossed, you can freely cross it again, right? Yeah. And 
it's I'm so glad that it that it all happened the way it did because it was so playful the entire time and hmm. so and it and he really did go at my pace because I think I think he probably was ready sooner than I was, but I was like, I'm not gonna make the same mistake I did last time. I'm gonna be like thorough and wait and see and then yeah, and then I was just sure. I was like, you know what? Fuck slow. Who needs slow? <laughs> I need it now. <laughs> well, I mean, like, the, the, there is, like, slowness is deceptive, right? Yeah. Because you can be slow in the lead up and then bam. And that, and that like, slow lead up into bam is is actually, like, that's still an example of slowness because, like, you're building up a trust, building up trust. And then, it, like, then you, then you unleash that. Like, that's okay. It doesn't have to be, like, this... You know, your first time teenagerhood is like, oh, I'm going to touch your boob a little bit and that's okay for today. And like, maybe that's what we'll do for like a few weeks or months or whatever. You know, it's, it's like, it doesn't have to be this slow progression into, you know, sex being everything. Because really, like, I've said this to people in the past and most people seem to agree, like sex isn't the pinnacle, right? It's not the pinnacle of the relationship, the trust, oh, the, the oh. communication, the depth is, right? So it's like, it might take this slow, slow development, but you're actually building up the trust and the sex is just sort of like a, an expression of said trust. Whereas if you put the sex first, it's like, well, I don't even, like, I don't trust you. So it's like, you've, you've got to, you might've built up that trust over time. And then you just had to have a little bit of the bravery to get, to get fucked, to get nude, yeah. to, you know, to oh, take yeah. that step. 100%. But like, 100%. you've got the trust, you, you took the time to build the trust and then that comes the next thing. And that's great, you know? So it's like, you don't like take it slow, but be open to um moving fast when the time comes. Yeah. And also for me, um, Attraction has so much to do with like emotional connection and like I get very attracted to the way people think and the way their mind works. That's so much more attractive to me than I don't know rock hard abs. Like I don't need that. I like See, you, you say you say this and I do agree. I'm, I'm getting that feeling from you. And yet, it was it wasn't the uh, the mind that attracted you initially. It was the topless picture. Um, and I'm not de- I'm not saying that it didn't. <laughs> but what made me stay? Because <laughs> so here's also the thing. I went into this like let me mind you. I slid into his DMs thinking, well, this could be a bit of harmless fun. Hmm. I wasn't gonna date anyone this year. <laughs> <laughs> I was taking time for me. <laughs> I, li- I like uh, this. It's like the 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 looks of the uh, the honey, but you've got to to keep them to keep them. You've got to actually have something more than just looks. Looks are great, but oh yeah, it's surface level, literally. It's such surface level. Like, okay, great. I have amazing boobs. Is that going to make you stay? No, it's not. Like it'll ma- it'll make me look. Maybe it'll, possibly maybe, right like. Yeah. The, the the best the best relationships I've had sexually and non sexually is isn't look looks based. Like no. Like I, I'm I'm reviewing like the looks of the people I've been with, and like some are better looking than others. But the ones that I've connected with most, it's irrelevant to looks. It's not a looks based thing. It's the like there has to be some level of looks, some level oh, of yeah. appeal. But that's it's not that's not a not a big hurdle to get over for me. Like a lot of people get over that hurdle. It's the mind that it's the mind, the humor, the connection, the drive, the talent, the the depth of the person that 
far matters more because like realistically I can look up free porn online and I will find better looking porn than anyone I can see in real life. Most likely, you know what I mean? Like there is an infinite wealth of better looking people online than me, than you, than everyone. Right. Like that's just, that's the job of that. You know, it's the perfection that you can, you can sort of see, but you can't connect with properly. So it's like, it's not about, it's not about looks. What about finding someone that wants to look at that perfection with me together while we play with each other? Now Ooh. now we're having some fun, okay. right? Okay. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> I might have to take some notes. <laughs> hey, I, I was a teacher in a past life, still sort of sort of am, like, you know, school teacher. So I encourage the taking of notes and the doing of the homework. I'll tell you what, you do this homework, get back to me and report report back and I can grade you on your progress. <laughs> you have to, you have, oh, you have to play like a you, are you going to choose, is it going to be pictures? Is it going to be audio? Is it going to be visual? I noticed that you've said you've got a bit of a voice kink, so maybe it should just be like an audio experience. or Because like audio and porn is typically pretty shit. Like, oh, yeah. I, like it depends on like the, the stuff that's like real, you know, like real people, like the, 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 the role play stuff I'm not at all a fan of because it's most clearly terribly actedly badly. But the stuff that's real, I like that because it's it's a glimpse of reality. So it depends on the sort that you're going to go with. You're going to choose probably like they will choose considering the submission aspect. It's like, hey, can you choose some um some fun videos for us to watch together while we play? Let's uh let's copy what we see. Tell me how it goes. <laughs> We've had a conversation like that, and my partner was very reluctant because he was like, "Never has it's it v- ever gone well." It's when very I intimate. Told- yeah, it's, it's very, also yeah. like I. I, this is also like, that's, I think that's a comfort level that is very hard to, re- like, even my best friend that I've known since I was like little and we grew up together, if he was to ask me, so what kind of porn are you into? I would be like, not ready for that conversation. We're not there yet. It's it's so personal and it also depends on the sort of mood you're in as well, I would imagine. If you're in some sort of mood versus a different sort of mood the stuff that you're going to look up and enjoy will be completely different too so it's like when you say what are you into that's a hard it's question it's very hard so it's like yeah me, me right now me right me, now like i'm like yeah, 10 mm. minutes ago like I yeah like after, now now that we're having this conversation like you know which which you know which way like and then i mean i have the great advantage like you said voices are a big thing for me and i have the great advantage that my partner creates like central bedtime stories so Ooh, can you can you send me a link to this Do, are <laughs> they online are they online uh, he is yeah okay i want I, you to I um, can. Don't, not now send me a link yeah. after the fact i'll add it to the show notes sensual bedtime stories oh and i want to i want to hear them is it, are they in english or are they in in yeah, what in language english. are they in he's american okay cool okay okay i could um, never i I've noticed that I could never date someone who's unable to speak English. Really? Yes. What's that? Is it is the voice kink specific for English? Uh, no, I don't think it's that. I think it's... I always say English is the language of my soul. Because all of my poetry, I also, write, I also write in English. All of my songs, I write in English. Wow, okay. Huh. I've written like two or so in German and I don't really like them. My partner loves it because he doesn't understand a word of German, so he loves it when I sing to him in German, obviously. Ah. But I'm like, eh, it doesn't feel right. See, so, I, I love that. Like, there's there's an art, like, the artist, the poet in me is, like, fully vibing with that statement because it's, like, 
the words want to come out as they come out. And if that means for you that that is in English, then fine. But I'll just suggest like as a caveat, be open to them coming in a different language. Like if you're trying, if you're writing something and it doesn't feel like it's working, consider switching languages because you might find that for whatever reason, or even just like using one German or you said you've got three languages, but like using one other, like, you know, like you can intersperse and play with those sort of things as well. Cause like the words and the art wants to come as it wants to come. Oh, yeah, sort of like give it the space to. And it's, it's funny. So we have some, I live in Germany, very close to the Dutch border. And we have some traditions, like we celebrate St. Nicholas because like half of my family, my son's family, so huh, technicalities, my son's family, <laughs> his dad and grandparents and us South Africans. So we celebrate Dutch holidays. And then I have to write poems in Dutch. My poeting in Dutch, not so great, <laughs> but ah. um, it's fun to every once in a while challenge yourself, right? Oh, 100%. And, and also, like, I don't know your your creative process. I know with me, there's like, once again, it's this similar space, like the BDSM submission dominance to kink. It's like, I have to surrender, particularly with poetry. Like, if a poem comes, I have to be like, okay, poem slash whatever's giving me this poem. Like, I take me now. Like, like you, yeah. you, you want me now? Like, okay, I am like, it's a, it's a dom, it's a dom slave relationship effectively. Right. And it's like, and if I don't, that poem leaves and goes somewhere else. And I'm like, Ooh, yeah. okay. Like I like, like, okay, now, now we're doing this. Like you, you want me to, to be the vessel of your creation right now? Yes, we're doing it. Oh, we're doing a, a, an erotic poem. Cool. Oh, we're doing a depressive, you know, lamenting of, of past trauma. Right. Here we go. Like, this is it. <laughs> you know, we're doing it. Yeah. And, for me, for the longest time, especially with like the central and erotic poetry, I was like, I'm not touching that because I was so stuck in my ways that I was scared to kind of go there. Because I was mm. like, I don't want people to see that I have this side of me. Like, that's not, I'm always perceived as the sweet girl, like the sweet girl next door is, who could never like harm anyone because she's so nice. And it's not, and yes, I am that person, but I'm not that person all the time. <laughs> and it's really hard to let people see this other side of you. But I think it's like, I turned 30 this year and I was like, fuck what everybody thinks. I'm going to reinvent myself. Yes. I love it. Yeah. I do want to say we are we are coming a bit up on time, so I do want to give you an opportunity to tie up any loose ends or um, give sort of final thoughts or sort of add anything to what we've been talking about because I want to make sure that you've you felt like we've tied up all of the ends of what we've been talking about. But just I guess I guess what I, what I'm getting what I've gotten from this conversation mostly is the need to like connect with yourself and communicate what you're discovering, you know, with like them back and forwards, like the sexual stuff is secondary to the relationship, to the connection, to the intimacy. It's an on, it's an on top thing. It's fun and you can go deep pun intended, but you can, it's more, um, <laughs> it's, it's the, there's, there's more depth to it than just sex. And like, and that's, that's what we want to be able to project to people. Does that, does that sort of sit with you? It's, it's more than just. Yeah. It's, yeah. The, it's more than just sex. It's a, big thing because my first like touching with BDSM was 50 shades of gray which is an awful example oh, of no. oh yeah it's so bad oh lovely you are- it's mm. so bad 
I want to write. Do you want to write a uh, ten-page uh, legal document for me, please? And so, just fuck. Oh me. lord, yeah. <laughs> not not like, great. Yeah. And like he's he's the most. What's what's the guy's whatever his name is? Dame Dorian. What's his name? Mister 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 Gray is um exuberantly rich and wealthy. So it's like even like beyond all of the other stuff, it's like, no, that person doesn't exist for 99.99% of the people reading it anyway. Like it's like, he's a multi, multi, multi millionaire. Yeah. Like, great. Cool. You know? Yeah. And so that's, <laughs> oh, he, that's he picks me up on his helicopter. And that's, <laughs> that's like my first picture I got. And then I really stepped into this and I was like, Oh, it's so not about the sex. I mean, that's no. so fun. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Playing is so much fun. We all love it. But it's the deep stuff that really matters. It's the connection. It's the trust. It's, it's yeah, going beyond the bedroom with BDSM. Yeah. I think, I'll, I, think I might make that the title. Going beyond the bedroom <laughs> with BDSM. I love it. Do you like that? I love it. I, li- yeah. I, like to, I, like to, I like to talk through the titles as I'm talking to the people with, you know, going beyond the bedroom with BDSM with them. That's a very, that's a bit of a tongue tongue twisting. Let's give the people something to <laughs> figure out how to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, is there any is there any other things that you would like to um to 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 tie up? Um, no, no, we're good. We're golden. We're going well. I think I think we're good. Yeah. All right, we're good. We're good. Look, I'll tell you what. Do the homework if if you're both keen. The uh the the watching some fun stuff, um and and do please I'll remind you but like I'll put in the show notes share with me the central bedtime stories, um if you do have a poem an erotic poem uh, we'll keep it on theme feel free if you choose to don't have to I'm I'm happy to 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 add that into the little to the posts and I'll share some of the other links that we've talked about but beyond all of that thank you so much for jumping on board and I hope it wasn't too anxiety inducing during. It's like nah. The first five minutes, like I told you, the first it. five minutes I was like, "This is awful." But yeah, I was talking to my partner about these conversations, and it's almost like we've like because it's this sort of discussion is intimate, right? It's it's very like it's up there with sort of a sexual experience. So it's almost oh, like yeah. it's like, "Hey, turn up at eleven p.m. and let's have sex." Like, whoo, <laughs> that's a lot of pressure, right? And it's not it's not it's not like that, but it's like, "Hey, turn up and we're going to talk." Um in depth and it's going to be recorded and people are going to hear that shit with someone that you've interacted with, not that deeply realistically, or like some people, their only interaction with me is just like, like, Hey, I want to be on the podcast. Cool. And then they're on. Right. So it's, it's a, it's, it's a brave thing that you're doing. Um, and it's an, is an intimate space that you've got to sort of like get into and get that feeling, get that flow. So for you and for everyone that does choose to jump on, thank you so much. And for everyone listening, like you're, you're, um, you're a privy to the uh, to that discussion, which is beautiful as well, right? And I think you make it fairly easy, actually. Like you're very, I'm yeah. Trying. I don't know. <laughs> it's 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 very easy, and for me, it's also like the messaging back and forth a little bit before really helped me because I could kind of. I mean, obviously, I listened to the podcast before, but then also, like messaging back and forth a little bit I felt like I knew what I was getting myself into like I felt safe enough to get myself into it and this is back to that thing that we're talking about earlier the vetting right yeah like if you've listened to the podcast it's like okay I get an idea of what's going on when they're talking oh okay I see what he's posting so I get an idea for his mind oh I've messaged him a few times like if any if at any of those times you got a red flag you don't jump on oh do you know what I mean like and 
And also, don't think that I didn't tell my partner to like go through your posts and be like, "Do you think this Bet guy's this guy. okay?" Yeah, yeah. No, and, like and check as, him out as, for me. As you should. Like that's not offensive to me. That's actually like encouraging because it's like, oh, okay, I've I've passed your bullshit test. I've passed someone that isn't interacting with me's bullshit test, and we've now made something beautiful from that. Like it's like that's actually you know do that and. You know, and not just like for me, like I'm just some guy online talking. <laughs> do it for the people that you're you're working with. Do it for the people that you're going to connect with, you're going to play with, that you're going to experiment with. Like, you know, show a friend their profile if you're catching up online, you know, like, and just be like, hey, like, you know, and even if you want to like get them to enter the DMs and see what they do, like the, the, the in real life test, maybe we can, we can like sort of, we'll head off after this, but you know, it's how they treat the people that don't matter determines their personality. If you're on a date and they treat the waiter or the wait staff like shit Thank because you. they don't matter, right? Like, it's like, no, oh, that, that person, yes. like, that's who they are. Like, you can treat me mm-hmm. lovely, but it's like, are you, you know, how, how are you, who are you when you're stressed? Who are you when you're inebriated? Who are you when you're talking to people that, quote, don't matter? And who are you when you're you angry? Are. Yes, exactly. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's like, i.e., like, you know, once again, the sales perspective, you're presenting the best front to potential clients because it's like, hey, look at me. My product's great. Come by. But if if they get a whiff that you're like bullshitting them or that you're not going to treat them well or that, you know, like they're going to they're going to run. And it's like, let's treat people like that, too. You know, like once again, treat everyone with respect, consent, communication, all that good stuff. But mm, right. Mm, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, I agree. Well, thank you so much for jumping on board and you've done great. Um, send me those links. I'll put them in the show notes and people can read along to the sensual bedtime stories. I'm keen. We'll see what the uh, the voice kink is. Mm. And uh, <laughs> share your poetry and that's good stuff. Thank you so much for jumping on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So I just want to give a super special thank you for M for jumping on the podcast. The main takeaway that I got from this is that Communication is key. Connection is key. And yes, kinky sex is fucking awesome. But there's so much more to this space than just that. And if you can connect and grow together as a couple, you'll be able to open up all of that space. But so, so much more. So thank you for jumping on board. And I'll put the links to all of the stuff we discussed in the show notes. If you want to support this podcast there's a couple of things you can do the first one is to rate and review it recommend it to someone say hey check this out it's great you could also consider grabbing a copy of the book kink volume one it's a collection of erotic fiction and poetry the ebook's a couple of bucks and i narrate the audiobook you could also consider shopping at honeyplaybox.com if you use the coupon code kinky at checkout you'll get an extra 20% off their already amazing prices store-wide. So check that out. And finally, you can consider jumping on board the Patreon. Supporters on the $5 per month tier will get early access to all podcast episodes, exclusive access to the Sultry Soundbites, which are two to 10 minute musings on sex and sensuality and all that good stuff. I'm starting to put out early access reveals to my next collection kink volume 2 as well as some other projects you'll also get exclusive access to the kinky community discord channel where i'm going to be hosting different events and just hanging out so for all those benefits and much more jump on board the kinky conversations patreon 
And now, without further ado, here's a piece from the book, Kink, Volume 1. Have a great day. Reading. Reading is an intimate experience. Watch as your mind transforms the random scribbles into a wonderland of meaning. When a book ends, something new in you begins. You approach the world slightly changed. A part of the author will forever be a part of you. The words chosen, the pacing, and the feel all leave their mark. You learn vicariously through the character's actions and their consequences. Watch how you question the morality of their decisions and how your fantasies are shaped along with theirs. You will not leave as the same person who entered, and therein lies the true intimacy. You don't know what a book will do to you before you read it. You have no way of knowing what you will become. Good authors are like an intuitive lover. When you let them in, they will fuck your mind in the most delightful way. They will tease, entice, and edge you. They will scare you in the best ways. Pushing you beyond your perceived limits and into new worlds of excitement and ecstasy. You can, of course, say no. You can put the book back down and walk away. But if an author is good at what they do, you will be craving more. Begging them to take you on another adventure, forever cloaked in the embrace of bittersweet anticipation. The excitement of beginning a new story, combining with the dread of knowing that it will eventually end. They build you up towards a climax and then expertly deliver with clever tricks, seemingly created just for you. Then the story ends. But not for you, because you will forever remember the ride.
You've been listening to the Kinky Conversations podcast.